Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, Chris, and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hello, it's good to be back at Back of the Grid. Yeah, that was a bit of a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm back to <laughs> it's being been a back long of season. the grid. <laughs> uh, we are here for season review part one. Most years we say we're doing the season review and then end up splitting it over two. So we're just going to cut out the middleman this year and say up front, it's going to be a two-parter. Uh, well, we, there's a bit of important news we've got to do first, though. Yeah, it's Quite lucky that we're recording this late. It's ro- very it really lucky is. that we're recording this late because yeah. there's been a, a monumental piece of news in Formula One <laughs> in the time that we've been away. Yeah. Had we recorded on a normal day, we would, as always, have missed the big news, but we haven't. And that news, of course, is that Mattia Bonotto has resigned as Ferrari team principal. Um, ends over 27 years he's been with the team, um, four of which he's been their team principal. Um, he's had a mixed four years, I think it's fair to say. He oversaw the mm. worst season in 40 years of Ferrari in 2020 when they finished sixth in the championship. But he's all, obviously also this season returned to race winners and for at least part of the season championship contenders. Um, I mean, I guess the question is, officially he has resigned. Do we think he was asked to resign before he was pushed? I don't know. I I think I think it's more Binotto than it is Ferrari just because they don't they don't appear to have anything lined up like they, they, they don't seem prepared for it as a team. Um, yeah, like they weren't expecting like, it. Normally, when a team has gotten rid of their boss, who is also their technical director, yeah, <laughs> they, you would expect them to have someone lined up to replace them if it was their decision. I think it's I mean, normally yeah, like the, the we'll let you resign, we'll let you have a day of the news cycle and the following day we'll announce the replacement is how these things yeah. normally go and it's what been three days now and there's well they've yeah. said actually that he's going to stay in the job until the end of the calendar year I was about to say like he's not even leaving immediately is he? He's yeah. leaving at the end of the year so that, that so to me is notice. him yeah <laughs> basically he's handed in notice That that is basically what's happened there um, so yeah, I, I, in answer to the question, I think more likely, I think he's had enough. I think there's there's things yeah. he's trying to get done in that team, like maybe I don't know, change the strategy department, and he's coming up against, he's obviously coming up against um, resistance from places where maybe emotion is in control of the situation over what over logic, and yeah, he's sick of it. I, that's my feeling. I mean, I've read, I've read various journalists take on this. Some, some swear that they were trying to replace him as long as twelve months ago, and he only had the job this year because they couldn't find a bad person for the job. All the way through to exactly what you've just said, Stu, that he has left by choice because everything he's tried to change, I've just put up walls and put up walls, and he can't do the things he wants to do. And I, I guess the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, probably. we'll never know. Well, and it's Ferrari. We will never know. No, uh, it feels a bit scapegoaty to me. Um, like, yes, when a team fails to achieve their objectives, the book ultimately stops with the team principal. That's part of their job. But if you look at what he's done in, you know, like 
as as you say, he he was essentially also their technical director. And on the technical side, he's transformed what was at one point probably the slowest engine into probably equal fastest now. They've redone their wind tunnel and simulator in his time and they're like top of the class now. Like he's he's done a lot of good there. But apparently second in both championships this year wasn't enough for some people within the team, it sounds. I mean, the the issue is it's not, you know, especially in a Formula One team, it's never just down to one individual, is it? No. So, you know, I mean, Red Bull have had, you know, a few years fighting for similar positions that what Ferrari have been fighting for this year. And you don't see them giving Christian Horner the boot, you know, they they sort of get behind, they get together as a team and instead of pointing fingers, they buckle down and get the job done. And Ferrari, it seems like that for probably a decade now, they've been doing far too much finger pointing and not enough graft to get Hmm. themselves back to the top of the grid. And I think as well by changing, you know, by taking away that, that, um, that consistency and leadership, again, you, you lose every time that happens, you lose philosophy. You, you, there's no doubt that Ferrari are going to move backwards from this. I think. No, not like, so next seat, whoever takes over next season will be their fifth team principal in nine years. Yeah, it's like, just too many. It's way too many. I mean, even it's your like teams Chelsea. down, even even your teams down the grid are more consistent than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and yeah, but you're right. Like, there's there's no. I don't see a way this is a positive for the team. Like, even if they can pluck the best team principal in the world out of thin air to take over next season, they're going to be coming in three months before the start of the season, inheriting a car they've had absolutely no input in the direction of, yeah. a team they don't know. Like, there's just... And they, and they will have just hired a new technical director to go with Yeah, them. because they will Unless have to get a new technical director as well, who, yeah. again, taking over a car they haven't designed. And when does yeah, All that the exact same problems, yeah. ...ever work, yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. you can basically kiss goodbye to a good season by Ferrari next year, right now. I will be very surprised if if they are anywhere near as good next year as they have this year. If they do have a good season next year, it's because Matteo Binotto's done a good year preparing them for next season. mm. It's not because their new management has done an amazing job. Like it'll be because he's given them, he's set them up with a car that can do the business, you know, but then the the issue is that then you can have, they showed this year, you can have a car that can do the business. It's, using that car to its to its maximum every weekend week in week yeah. out race in race race out to you know to get the wins and to get to win championships and i think that's probably where maybe you could argue that binotto's come a little bit unstuck mm-hmm. like towards the end of the season they kind of seem to spend all of their update money a little bit earlier than some of the other teams they stopped bringing updates which allowed mercedes to catch up to them and and posing a threat to them um, in a season where they really shouldn't have been. And you, there's an argument to say that his management of the team over the course of a season may be left, especially in the era of, of budget caps, may be left um, something to be desired. Mm-hmm. Like you look at some of the most successful F1 teams of all time and it's very rare you've got one person at the top doing everything. You know, you've got like... Yeah. Jean Todd running the team and you're Ross Braun doing the technical side of things. And 
I feel like if the last four years Bonotto had been left to be very, very good at the technical side, which he clearly is at, and have someone else looking after the rest, things probably could have panned out a bit differently for them. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, I think they're going to have no choice but to go back down that path now because I don't think there's anyone else who can step into both roles for them. Yeah. So who who are they thinking of taking for the uh, for the role? Are there rumours around who? So the them? name that's been banned around the most is um, Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo. He's obviously pretty highly regarded within the paddock. Um, there's obviously a relationship there between the two teams as well. Uh, I I I think he'd be a good choice for them. Whether he would want that job is a different question, but mm. I think he could be good for them. Um, hmm. On the but technical... surely, if it, I mean, you just said that it sounded like Ferrari had been wanting to get rid for over a year. If Fred Vasseur was up to the job at Ferrari, would he not already have the job at Ferrari? Well, yeah, there is that. Um, it's either that or they they promote with from within or from outside of F1. But I mean, who knows? Um, on the technical side. There's a good... So, Simone Rester, who is the technical director at Haas, he is essentially on loan at Haas from Ferrari. Um, I think we in sort of... When you go into budget cap territory, Ferrari had to sort of, you know, turf off some staff to meet the budget cap. But Haas literally have, like, a corner of the factory Marinello now where Haas stuff is done. And basically, they sort of loan Simone Rester <laughs> to that corner of the factory. Yeah. So, so, it was I think, like... Simone, do you want to just come over to this side? For, just have a quick look at this while we're while, yeah. while, there's, while there's you're in the line painted across the middle of the garage. Like, <laughs> yeah, you want to come over the line? <laughs> um, That's strange. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think there's maybe a good chance Simone Resta will get called back. What that means for Haas, we'll see. I mean, Haas get a lot of their parts from Ferrari anyway, but might not be great for them. Um, but, but yeah, it's. Wow. It's just, I just don't see how this ends up being a net positive for the team, ultimately. However, however it all came about, it's not good for them. Yeah. No. The, the, no. the thing is that changing your team principle without addressing the underlying problem is yeah. never going to achieve anything, is it? Exactly. And and that that's the crux of it. Whether it's the team... and. If that's Ferrari chopping and changing the team principle like they have done for the last decade, or whether that's a team principle going, I'm banging my head against a brick wall because you won't listen to me about things we need to do, I'm gone. doesn't matter what the reason is for it, the constant churn of team principles will never... I mean, you only have to look. When was the last time Ferrari won championships? It was just before Jean Todd left and just before Ross Brown left. Yeah, it was. The Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, the last one they were in the fight for was, yeah, it was and, the yeah, Massa, wasn't And the Hamilton Massa was... 2008. And then, don't get me wrong, they've kind of come close since, but a team of Ferrari's calibre should have been coming close pretty much every season since. Yeah. Or at least been there or thereabouts. Yeah, Absolutely. just think of the money. Think of like the, <clears throat> the extra 70 million they used to just get given yeah. by, the, <laughs> by, by Formula 1. Can't even spend that now, though. Can't even do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's most of your budget for the year now, isn't it? Yeah. So Um, it's literally half your budget for the year. She's crazy. Absolutely. Think how much they must have been spending in those days. Well, I know how much. Yeah. Four hundred, four hundred million, roughly. They were some of them spending. Easy. And still winning nothing. 
Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Well, McLaren as well. McLaren. I mean, we're getting sidetracked now, but still, <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy figures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as we say, we'll find out who his replacement slash replacements will be um, in the new year at some point. Hopefully yeah. for Ferrari quite early in the new year, but we'll see. Yeah, well, the oh, interviewing yeah. process, I'm sure, has begun in earnest. So get, if, if you're interested in the job, get your applications in. Send it on I'm sure if, you, if, you stri- yeah, if you're looking for a strategy job, I'm sure they'd hire pretty much anyone. <laughs> I think they already do just hire pretty much anyone. Yeah, that, 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 that might be the issue. Yeah, that might be the issue. I'll send them my uh, motorsport manager CV. See if I can yeah, get send them your save file as your I'll, application. I'll send I'll send him my motorsport manager CV and I'll let them know that I own a Carlos Sainz Ferrari hat. And you they'll be like, to. You're hired. Sign him up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Do you speak God. Italian? No. Mm, it's fine. We'll make an exception. <laughs> Details. Right. Shall we move on to the meat of this episode? And oh, do some, yeah. Some team ranking. Yeah, so, let's rank some teams. We're just going to do the teams this week. We'll do drivers next time. Um, so, you know, we're ranking the teams based on performance, design, pit stops, what they've done with what they've got. Um, I think where they end up versus where we expect them to be is probably going to be a big factor. Um, so I'll run you through the tiers. We're going to use the same tiers that we did at the mid-season review. So at the top, we have They Look Like rock stars, followed by Smooth Operators, then Not Bad for a Number 2 Driver, out in Q2, like using hards in Hungary, which I feel like at mid-season was like a really funny reference. Now, maybe not that well remembered by a lot of yeah, people, maybe, but we're going to stick with it. That's maybe why we should come up with some new ones for this. That, well, that, nah. we, it has to stay sort of semi-relative to the mid-season one, though. That's the thing. At least it won't get used like repeatedly. I mean, some of them you could use next season, but that one's definitely not going to last to 2023. That's a very, yeah, it's a very 2022 reference. Um, and then finally, the very bottom tier. Hi, I'm stupid. <laughs> Best tier. <laughs> Best tier. So the, should the we do... The most savage of the tiers. <laughs> should we do reverse championship order, I think? Yes. Yeah. Um, which means we start with Williams, 10th in the championship, uh, down two places from the previous season. Mid-season, we ranked them. I am stupid. Um... I suspect they're not going to be moving much for anyone. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I saw glimmers of hope towards the end of the season, so I kind of put them hards in Hungary. Um, like, not a total failure, but nowhere near where they should be. No. Um, but yeah, I didn't go for the I am stupid this time. I, I gave them a little bit of credit for where, for the improvement and like what Albon's managed to do for them and stuff like that, but... Yeah. I yeah, I still put I think I've still got them down at the bottom. Like I just expected a lot more of them uh this season, given you know, I know you can't just throw money at a team and it instantly gets better, but it's been a couple of years now of the Doralton Capital money. Uh, they mm-hmm. basically took last year off to work on this year and it's not I mean, they've gone backwards ultimately. They've gone down two places. Yeah, so. technically speaking. Yeah. yeah. Um Tom, play the sound. Play the sound, mate. Hi, I'm stupid. There they go, that's then. That's got to be where they're going. That's they're going. Just, I've just got so I did feel, time for them. Yeah, I did feel I was being a little bit optimistic trying to say <laughs> that they've improved a little bit as the season's gone on. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've barely, they've barely been on camera. 
from what I've seen from what little I've seen of that team this season um, yeah not, none of it has impressed me so not much to write for, for, uh, for Williams for me alright next ninth in the championship is Alpha Terry down three positions from last season mid-season we had them as like using hards in Hungary yeah they've, they've dropped for me I've got them down in the I am stupid category because, I mean, points have been few and far between since mid-season. They had like a pretty awful, haven't they? An okay start, let's call it, but it was nowhere near what we'd expect, which is kind of why they were in the hards and hungry bit to begin with, if I remember from mid-season. Like, they'd kind of strung together a few sevenths and sixths between them. But, I mean, I feel like towards the end of the season, again, it's similar to what you were just saying about Williams, like, don't remember really when I saw him. When I did see him, it was Gasly crashing into someone and getting himself a penalty. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was the uh, <clears throat> Mexico um, when he here in Stroll, wasn't it? Yeah, there was that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we treading dangerously into the drivers themselves, but I just think the car's gone backwards. Like it's got worse as the season's gone on, and they've dropped off further and further and further, and just become more and more non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. Ooh, yeah, that is savage, but but true. So yeah, I <laughs> I agree with you. I think play the sound one more time, please. For I am stupid. Everyone's favorite Red Bull replica. Yeah, sadly, yeah. I think I can also go with that. Uh, next up is Haas, eighth place, up two places from last season. We had them out in Q two at mid-season. Goodness. I mean, I've not really moved them from mid-season because uh, I don't think they've really like improved, but they've not really fallen away either. They've kind of just quietly was, got got it done. There've been some interesting. I think they've they've definitely been in the spotlight a lot more than some of the lower place teams, Williams or AlphaTauri. So yeah, um, there was uh, towards the end of the season they were kind of like. I mean, you know, there was there were a couple of performances that got them. They had a pole position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so th- the, I think the, the points were just lacking, team, weren't they, towards the end yeah. of the season? That was a thing for us. Yeah, obviously the car just like doesn't have the goods to, to mm. do the business with the guy and mix it with the guys at the front. But I think in terms of team management, making the right decisions, making the right calls, being there when it counts on the track i think they've shown especially um, maybe i'm just isolating this to brazil but they did make the right decisions in tricky conditions and you know got the basics right in the second half of the season and people were talking about them as a result and i think i can't i don't feel like i can put them lower than out in q2 i feel like i wouldn't necessarily move them up um although i would say the drivers have probably maybe cooled off a little bit in the second half of the season and kind yeah. of yeah. just, just got on with the job rather than pushing too hard. I think at very beginning of the season, they were both drivers were, were pushing too hard. Um, Magnussen had a point to prove about being back. Mm-hmm. Schumacher had a point to prove that he has got the business, got the goods and can do the business in Formula One. So there was a bit of overdriving going on. They've managed to, as a team, get on top of that and get them just in shape and working within the bounds of what the car is capable of, mm-hmm. while at the same time 
probably doing a little bit of development to the car to make it that yeah. bit more competitive to allow them to compete in situations like we got in Brazil where there was low grip and a high chance of an upset and they achieved that. So yeah. I, yeah, I would, I think... you know what, on, on that basis, actually, I would go as far as putting them up to not bad for a number two driver. I think they defied oh, expectations I... at times. That I don't know if I can go that like, far. Predominantly, I... they weren't amazing, but I think they were, they're one of the only teams this season from the lower lower half of the grid to really sort of make a difference when it counted. Yeah, I think the thing that's let them down for me, like we we had them at the out in Q2 bit at mid-season because they were picking up points and they were looking okay and it was a, a marked improvement from the year before, but that was, it was kind of inevitable. And it was a case <laughs> of let's see how it pans out. So that they sort of hit somewhere in the middle for now. The the smudge on it for me is you've got this really you got this really amazing high of the pole in Brazil, like with you know a combination of a, a an amazing lap and then just the rest of the situation falling into place. But then you've also got an, a situation where since we last reviewed them at mid season, they've been in the points once. Yeah, and this is the thing. It's like I feel like without getting into the drive review side of things, more often than not, when they've had a car fast enough to get points, the team have done their side of things to facilitate them getting those points. Whether they ended up actually getting them or not is maybe more down to the driver review side of things. Yeah. Have they done enough for me to move up a tier? I don't think so. But I think... I think out in Q2 is a fair place to leave yeah, them. Yeah, that's the question. Oh, okay, that's a fair question. It, the question is, have they done enough? Have they been bad enough to move down a tier? And I don't think they have. No, absolutely no. not. It's, it's been a shame that they've not scored points more often in the second half of the season. But I, I, I think that elements of that has probably been down to McLaren, Alpine, Aston Martin all improving and yeah. has sort of kind of staying where they were. And it's meant that what was maybe a regular eighth or ninth for Haas in like K-Mag's hands started becoming a 10th if he drove really well. And it, it sort of changed the balance of where they were. And to I be fair to him, they were always, they were pretty much always out in Q2. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> At least Magnussen was. It's kind of testament to, it, it just proves you that like no budget equals no success in Formula <laughs> yeah. One. You know, they're one of the poorest teams on the grid. Um, yeah. And... They to do, I think, what they've done with what they've got when they're up against teams like Alpha Tauri and um, and Williams, both with you know Alpha Tauri big investment from a thirty billion dollar drinks company, and Williams a huge you know investment fund whatever yeah. it is that that goes into them. They're kind of I feel like Haas should should be at the back of the grid with for the budget they seem to have and they exactly they do a lot better than that so yeah, I yeah. Mean, they're a really, as a team i think they're a really 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 solid team only um, only one of the team moved up more positions from 2021 to 2022 than them yeah hmm. we'll get there shortly though we will <laughs> um, right, so we're leaving them out in Q2. Next, yeah. Aston Martin, the only team on the grid that stayed in the same championship position from 21 to 22, and that is seventh place. Mm-hmm. Mid-season, we had them at the bottom of the list. I am stupid. 
And I think I am happy moving them up a whole two tiers, I think. Whoa. Oh, you've done the same thing as me. You've got them in out in Q2. Second half of their season has been a massive improvement for them. Um, Yeah. Again, if we're bringing drivers into the mix here, it would be a very different story. Um, I mean, you've only got to look at the results. Like, they... Yeah. The first half of the season, like, they scrabbling for a few, like, 8th, ninth, 10th places and massive gaps without points. And then sort of from Singapore onwards, they had, like, 6th, 8th, 6th, 8th, 10th, another 8th, another 10th. Like, it was far more consistently up there. Um, double points finishes as well. Like, two or yeah, three du- of those were both of finishes. them finishing in the points. And if not, like, the other car was at least on the cusp. Like, it was a massive change from where it was at the mid-season break. I think the the biggest downside to them was that they would have a race with like a couple of races with really good pace. They'll be well in the points. And then the next race, for no apparent reason, they'll just be nowhere. Like they really seem to yo-yo quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I do think they were probably the most improved team. Well, probably it's after Mercedes, probably the most improved team from first to second half yeah, of the season. I'd- I'd say second second most improved team um, out of what we saw at the summer break and where everyone was at the summer break. And you... if you take out a lot of these silly retirements that their drivers had in the latter half of the season, it would have been an even better picture for them. Mm. So this, this sort of leads me into leads me nicely into a question. So do you how much of that second? half of the season performance do you think it's down to the car and how much do you think it's down to the drivers finally getting switched on and getting used to the vehicle I mean without going too far into what we'll do for driver reviews yeah, of course, yeah. I think there's a there's a there's some compliment to be like put to both basically like they changed the whole aero package didn't they they, changed, they, they, they rolled out Red Bull 2.0 or whatever didn't they Uh, and they remodel all the side pods and everything and that was a big change for them which is why i've got them kind of jumping up as a team because they had the guts to say this isn't working we need to go with this other philosophy and they did it and made it work and started finishing consistently in the points and to me that's why it's a big jump from like down at the bottom up to the q2 kind of bracket in, in that sort of solid middle of the pack kind of ranking that we've got okay um so where where so you've got them both got them out in q2 right? yeah yeah i think out in q2 i think yeah i think so I, there's there's kind of like part of me is a little bit like well they just kind of looked at the red bull got out the tracing paper and go <laughs> had a crack at making a similar car. They have previous with that as well. Yeah, and they do have previous with that. Um but at the same time as a team, you don't you don't get the results that they've got in the second half of the season. Yeah, you know, you've got a few sixths and eighths, tenths. Definitely I think they've got they had one of the best drivers in the history of the sport, which helped them a lot in the <laughs> yeah. second half of the season. I think if you can give that driver something they can use, then they're always going to maximize it. And that's always going to help. But then, you know, part of building a Formula One team is getting the best drivers that you can in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I can go without in Q2. I can definitely move them up. I feel like I expected a lot more from them at the start of the season and probably 
they've, I would say, in comparison to the first half of the season, as the season's gone on, they've outperformed probably what what they built in terms of a car. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, you know, for, if it's sort of good results from one particular, I mean, one particular driver's definitely had better results than the other in this team. The driver lineup isn't ideal. It's kind of like heavily weighted one side, mm-hmm. and it's probably mm-hmm. going to be the same next season as well. So they are the team. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably another credit to them. To be fair, they've managed to procure Fernando Alonso for next season, which is yeah. um, a a huge, huge step for them. I think as well. I think Fernando might even be better for that team than Vettel because. Fernando seems to have a bit more drive and a bit more fire in his belly for the sport still, whereas Vettel looked like he kind of had a foot out the door, especially yeah, halfway through fair. the season. I think that's fair. So, yeah, I think if, if I'm going to rank them up a little bit, then I'm definitely going to use that as sort of part of my basis for doing it. Hmm. So, yeah, out in Q2, I can go with. All right, next. I think this is maybe the trickiest team to rank, and that is Alfa Romeo in sixth place. Up three places from 2021, which is the biggest increase in championship position across the grid. Uh, Mid-season, we had them out in Q2. And the problem with them is, we ranked them out in Q2 mid-season. And they've basically done nothing since (laughs) mid-season. Like 90% of their points were scored in the first half of the year. All they've done is like hang on for the rest of the year. So it's a really weird team to rank. Braun GP year. <laughs> he kind of is, yeah. I, I I struggled with this one. I ended up leaving them where they were. And I think the only reason I left them where they were in the end was just because I, do, I don't know. It's It was one of those where I'd, I didn't know if they'd done enough wrong to justify being moved down, basically. Um, like, yes, they're not improved, but they'd also not gotten worse it was a little bit like the Haas scenario for me and mm. Haas I basically left where they were because fair enough they didn't improve they've not got mega budget to be spending you know to continue development all the way through the season There's, they're going to be looking at cutting off development to focus on next year's car probably sooner than a top tier team and not developing towards the end of the season so I kind of just left them alone like I did with Haas because I felt like they were in a very similar scenario that yeah. as as the teams that should be above them, in theory, like Alpine, McLaren, and so on, as they kind of ramped up and continued progressing, Alpha and Haas just kind of stayed hovering just like on or around the cusp of that 10th place and would like occasionally take advantage of, you know, those teams above them having issues. Um which is kind of, I guess, in my head, what out in Q2 is. Like yeah. being on the cusp of the top 10, but not consistent enough to be in it all the time. I can I can go with leaving them where they are. I, I feel like they overperformed in the first half of the season and underperformed in the second half. So I guess that kind of balances out. It balances out in the middle. <laughs> yeah, Stew. I think definitely in terms of retirements, I mean, they had first half of the season, they had six retirements, second half, just the four. So... Um, yeah, thirty-three percent less retirements in the second half of the season. <laughs> so they made um, it more reliable, but slower. <laughs> yeah, which is what Ferrari did as well. But we'll get yeah, to that. actually. Um, <laughs> so it's like one, some kind of relationship one, between those two teams. Weird that. Yeah, one side of the garage had a lot more retirements than the other side of the garage. So um, 
uh, let me just count them. I think it's nine retirements for Zhou. Wow, is it that many? One retirement for Bottas. That's I believe rough. that's right. Um, yeah, which is, that's crazy. That's like half a season's yeah. worth of retirements. I suppose you've got to look at as well how many of those are mechanicals and how many of those are yeah, true, yeah. I think, issues. I mean, we know one of them he ended up on his head in Silverstone. down in Great Britain, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I definitely, looking at this sort of, this results grid for the team, they do seem to be the least reliable car on the grid <laughs> from from this, or, or at least up there with the some of some of the most so that's that, that you know that's not a good look um it's hard to to rank a team upwards when they continue to be unreliable for an entire season um i, I wouldn't say they've set the world on fire like they're mm. not a team that have that have been you know setting off fireworks and really really drawing everyone's attention they're kind of they're very much also runs i think for the, for mm-hmm. the majority of the season Mm-hmm. Kind of quietly just getting on with it, isn't it? Yeah, um, um, a lot of the most of the points did come from one side of the garage as well. I, I would say that the car was probably being a little bit outperformed by Bottas and severely underperformed on the other side of the garage with Joe. Ooh, I don't know if I agree with that, but that is a conversation for next week. Okay, <laughs> just look. I mean, this is purely looking at the results board. This is not just to into, like, just to say, Stu. Um, it, it's actually five retirements apiece. Because I know oh, the table it? you're looking at, and they just put the worst result on the bottom row. It's not separated oh, by driver. I'm looking yeah. at right. Well, you I, might as well disregard everything I've just said. I made the same mistake <laughs> as you, which is why I've just corrected you. Well, thank you. At least yeah, you corrected you, me and not yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're looking if you're looking at the constructors' standings, it's always best result by followed by second best result. Doesn't matter which driver it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's really stupid that That's, well to be to be it's fair good, it's fine though is, it's the point still stands doesn't it that they've they've not finished that many races but um, yeah the point stands is that they've been very unreliable and also oh, Bottas yeah, did yeah, finish yeah. 10th and joe finished 18th so there is still a pretty big gulf in the table between them mm-hmm. yeah okay well uh, yeah i think it's a valid point made for the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah um, you use the wrong evidence invalid evidence to support a, va- a valid point ba- <laughs> basically that you could write that at the top of every episode of this podcast yeah, yeah that's about, a tagline right. you um, say would fain well on twitter <laughs> we are we are the twitter of formula one um, oh, so yeah oh it, no they've got is, their own <laughs> that can in, stay yeah, over there yeah they can keep it. In summary, um, I would say out in Q two for Alpha. So I'd agree with you both. Okay, I don't want to cool. go. I don't want to. I don't want to flog this dead horse any further. <laughs> uh, next in fifth place, McLaren down one place from Ooh. the previous season. Excuse me. Just um, I actually I've got one more thing to say about um Alpha Romeo before we go into McLaren, go and on. that is by moving forward three places, they've got an extra what. 32-ish? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, quite a big jump, isn't it? Heck of a result. Yeah, about 32, 32K, 32 million more to spend yeah. on their car next season, which is I think a huge think Audi will be chuffed with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Audi will. But maybe that's where they were They were eyeing up that... Um, what what place did they finish again now? Uh, sixth. Sixth so, uh, place. They'll be yeah. up the sixth place thinking, mm, well, we'll take some of that. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that um that's my that's my final point. Hopefully they'll do do something with it and move forward somewhat next season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, next, fifth place, McLaren, down one position from 2021. We had them out in Q2 at the mid-season. Yeah, I, I'd struggled a bit with this one. And I don't know if my personal biases maybe kicked in a bit, but I moved them up slightly to not bad for number two. And the the main reason I did it is because I felt like as the season went on, they became more and more consistent and were in that fight with Alpine. They were pushing the top six when the opportunities were presented to them. Like you kind of got a consistent level of they were one of the cars, mainly Lando, admittedly, but one of the cars was nearly always finishing in that sort of best of the rest slot. And it was a marked improvement from earlier in the season. So I think overall it kind of evened out that, you know, not bad at all. Yeah. But better I, than I... the Q2 thing. I don't I don't know. I struggled with it. And I, I like I said, I wasn't sure if it was my personal biases creeping in a little bit there. I just, I, I admired the consistency that we got in the second half of the season, basically. I can't help feeling with McLaren like their upturning results was more to do with other teams doing a bad job than it was McLaren themselves improving. Like the the fight for fourth with Alpine only went as deep into the season as it did because Alpine just couldn't finish a race for a period of time. Like Alpine really should have wrapped that fight up with several races to go. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but there's, I mean, I'm looking at them now. Alpine have got, four retirements since the summer break and McLaren have got three. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a classified, True. which was a 19th in Mexico. That was, what was that? Was that Ocon? It was Alonso retirement. Was it Alonso? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, it, like, it, it did enough to be classified. But, I mean, in terms of the retirements, they weren't that different <clears throat> between each other, I don't think. I think the reason that they managed to take the fight to them towards the end of the season, to or kept it going with Alpine, should I say, till the end of the season, was more that McLaren were in a position where both drivers were actually starting to score points more than they were at the start of the season. Like, at the start of the season, you had Lando scoring sort of anything between 5th and 10th, basically. But yeah. Ricardo was not really getting into the points, if at all. Whereas towards the end of the season, at least one, like I say, one of them was in that sort of best of the rest position and whoever was behind was finishing ninth, 10th, whatever, like bringing in points. So I, I do think there is, there is some marked improvement there. It's not just relying on other teams failing. Otherwise, I don't think they'd have pulled away from the teams below them if they'd have not improved somewhat yeah i suppose I, th I think looking at the season as a whole i think they're still out in q2 for me they've been a fair there's no there's no choice about it mclaren have been a disappointment this year like from where they have been the upward trajectory they've had for the last several seasons it's been a big backward step for them this year like they cocked up the car pre-season they lost loads of testing time they when it's the first race with brakes that didn't work, like yeah, it's been That's a really a ropey season for them. So I think I want to keep them, you know, in Q two. 
it may when you uh, as well when you may put it like that, it makes me think that we maybe ranked them too highly at mid season. Because if they'd have been like using hard and hungry mid season, yeah. and I would say moving up to Q two, I feel like that would have floated. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe we're a little, little easy on them. But I'm happy leaving them where they were. That's fine. So, Stu, anything to add with that? Um, definitely, most of the points come from one side of the garage. Um, I think if they'd had a car, I think that I actually don't think there's much between the Alpine and the McLaren. I think yeah. Alpine had two drivers scoring consistently, and McLaren were definitely let down by the, one of their drivers this season. Um, and I think that's the difference. They, I agree with you that they definitely didn't really bring much improvement to the car in the second half of the season. It was only sort of, it did seem like to sort of, I think as a team overall, you have to make a car that works for both drivers. And especially at a team like McLaren, when you're, when you're as midfield as what you yeah. are. And I think if you can't make your car work for both, then you've designed a car that's in, or if you've got the wrong driver lineup for your team, then that's a failure, right? So, yeah. yeah. I think we were probably, what did we have? What did you say we had them as? We had them as out in Q2, Q2 and we've, uh, we're saying that we're sort of leaving them there, basically. I would put, I would put them down. I would say like using hards in Hungary because it's like all the mistakes that they made at the start of the season just continued to come home to roost throughout the <laughs> remainder of the season. Like, you know, not having a car that both drivers can use. Um, the, uh, the the brake issue, that, you know, that, that car has been overweight and had brake issues all season. Um, there's just all kinds of inherent problems with it that they didn't seem to be able to develop their way out of. And they were quite bullish at the start of the season in the well preseason testing yeah. expecting to have like a really really solid car so i would say overall a, a huge disappointment for mclaren this year they've got a lot of work to do next year to um to improve and as well like in dropping dropping down a place compared to their result last year definitely takes away some of the sort of prestige of that team so oh for sure yeah, I, th- I would go down lower than you two, but I think I'm outvoted. But... Well, I think you're, you're leaning towards lower, or Tom was leaning slightly towards higher, so I think that probably means we leave them where they are. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the reason that I can't see them being lower is I, I see Stu's point of there were a lot of inherent problems at the start of the season, but the the I mean, by the end of the season, Ricardo was on par with Norris. So, and this is a driver who's demoralised and wants to like he's sort of almost happy taking a sabbatical to some degree like and for him to be able to use the car there's got to have been some development there that's worked in his favor so to say that they've never got on top of it and not not really made any improvements i think you just have to look at danny rick's side of the garage and how it's progressed over the year to say that they've maybe the fault is that they've not focused both cars for development because Lando's kind of just maintained all the way through the season, whereas Ricardo has actually, you know, they've got on top of what he needed. So, but, <laughs> I mean, they, they, I, th- I think the problem here is that we shouldn't have had them so low. It's, we shouldn't have had them as high at mid-season. I think that's the downfall yeah. here. They should have yeah. been lower at mid-season and then 
moving them up to out in Q2 would probably seem fair. It's all past so like, us's fault, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, we, I, we I, are, I think we, that the car. We are stupid. Yeah, yeah, we are stupid. <laughs> I think the car's improved towards the end of the season, especially on Danny Rick's side, enough for it to like kind of show that they've they've made enough development and made enough progression as a team to to warrant being able to have that fight with Alpine. Whereas, you know, towards the first half of the season, it looked like they couldn't do that because they couldn't get a car that worked for Danny Rick. So maybe, like I said, that's the problem, that there is an improvement and we should have been harsher mid-season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right, we'll leave them where they are then, out in Q2. Q2 it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. Next, Alpine. Fourth place, one up from 2021. Mid-season, we had them not bad for a number two driver. I've left them there. Smooth operators. Interesting. The 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 one thing that's making me hesitate on moving them up is the reliability. Because their reliability has been pretty shocking. In pretty much any every other way, Alpine have done an incredible job this season. Really fantastic job. I'm pretty sure if you went back and looked at their DNFs and their um sort of classified results but non finishers all of them would be some sort of mechanical issue as well. It's not been driver errors or getting caught up in scrapes for the most part. It has been mechanical failures. And that was the thing that stopped me moving them up. I was debating moving them to smooth operators. And then I sort of had a bit of a check and I was like, well, hang on. If I'm, I mean, the, the one thing that I looked at is, for example, we had Mercedes as not bad for number two at mid-season because of where they were and yeah i mean don't worry about mercedes and, uh, yeah but this but, but my point is alpine haven't done enough to quantify moving like mercedes have the marked difference between and i mean that's i, I was going to say that's a team with different scope in budget but alpine are technically a manufactured team and a manufacturer yeah yeah like yeah. they they, sh- they should be improving to the same as a Ferrari, a Mercedes, and whatever else you expect them to do. I mean, so should Aston Martin in in reality. Like, I mean, they've not got the engine, but it's a bit it's a bit of a different scenario. But like Aston Martin and McLaren, for example, they disappoint me because although they don't have the the same engines, uh, sorry, their own <laughs> engines, they should be doing a hell of a lot better than they are. Yeah, they disappoint me. Um, well, they do. I mean, when we're last, when we're last impressed by either of them. Yeah, I'm just entertained by the way you said that. Here's here's um, a question for you both. Are we taking into account the team's ability to put together a driver lineup and conduct business in general as part of this? Well, I, I would say be, yes yeah. because that's what we were using as part of one of the earlier teams. The way that we judged yeah. one of the earlier yeah. teams. In that yeah, case, okay. then can't move them up yeah, yeah. i agree okay yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an excellent point <laughs> okay, very well wait, made chris <laughs> move move do you know what for for losing alonso and piastri oh, yeah, i'm stupid <laughs> what a lineup that could have been all <laughs> right yeah my goodness um uh, so yeah we'll leave them as number two driver yeah yeah i can yeah. agree with that okay yeah, okay, yeah. let's leave them where they were we get into the business now. Uh, business then anyway, so. now. Mercedes, third place, down two positions on... No, down three positions on last year. Two positions on last year. Quick maths. Um, mid-season, we had them not bad for a number two driver. Um, yeah, I um, 
so done with Mercedes this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely wouldn't put them any higher than what they were at, at the mid-season point. I think the mid-season, during mid-season, really? I was optimistic. Yeah, I, I think during mid-season, I was optimistic that the rule changes and some bits and bobs that they'd been campaigning for and they'd been sort of messing around with would bring them back into contention. A lot of the talk was that they might be brought back into contention contention by some of the some of the you know things that were happening and it just seemed to go the other way so what the second half of the season proved to me was that they'd developed an absolutely shocking car that is only good in very 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 specific conditions Mm i.e you know um circuits like hungary and um Brazil and uh, what was the other one they did well at? Um, Mexico. Mexico did pretty well there. Yeah. So it, obviously, I'm not going to put them down as far as I am stupid, but <laughs> I think I would like to have seen, I would like, I would have expected them to develop their way out of the hole a lot sooner and um, be much more effective in terms of the competition between the top three teams. I think, you know, it's a huge letdown for everyone everyone in Formula One, except for Red Bull, if um, if Mercedes aren't in the fight, because they've clearly, they're a team that can do it. They've proven that they can do it over years. Yeah. And it's, it's a loss to the sport that there isn't that element of competition between the top three teams right now. And it's up to them to be better. You know, it's not up to Red Bull to get slower. It's up to Mercedes to be faster and Ferrari to be faster. So, they failed, as far as I'm concerned, this year. And um, yes, there's work to do. They, they, and a lot of it has gone into, a lot of work has gone into figuring out why they failed and where they failed. And it'll probably stand them in good stead for the future because they would have already made a lot of mistakes that other teams have maybe yet to make. But that's uh, this level of motorsport, you know, y- 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 and the expectation from Mercedes is that they are winning winning races, winning championships. And yeah, it's a huge disappointment that they're not for me. So I will put them down to not bad for a number two driver because they were distinctly third this season. I think I agree, honestly. Um, like, yes, yeah, they've, they, there's no doubt they have massively improved as the season's gone on to the point where they won a race, which they looked nowhere near winning a race at the start of the season. But... They're Mercedes. They're the team that have won the last, what is it, seven or eight championships in a row. They're the team with some of the best people in the game. They've got that operating out of the budget cap. Improving over the season from where they started is like bare minimum. That's the bare minimum they should have been achieving with the resources they've got. So I don't think saying they've improved is really enough to yeah, exactly. write home about with them, unfortunately. I also think this season has also shown them up a few times strategically. Red Bull have um, outstepped and outpaced them strategically on several occasions this season. Um, I mean, they made a dog of a car and they dragged it back to the front. But yeah, like I, I don't think I can move them up either. I think I think not bad for number two driver is where they are, unfortunately. I find that in, I find it quite intriguing, to be honest. Because, <laughs> intriguing. Yeah, because I don't see it like that. I 
Interesting. How many how many teams have actually improved this season at all? You as the season's through, gone on. As the season's gone on. How many teams three. have actually improved? You think three have Red, improved? Red Bull. Red Bull. I don't think Red Bull have improved. I think they've just stayed the same and Ferrari have dropped off them. Oh, no, Red Bull. I think I would say Red Bull. Red, Red Bull had was... way overweight. And, it, and it, we'll get to Red Bull. Yeah. Um, how many teams have actually improved? So how, many, how many teams have actually improved their car? Aston did. Um, and what have we done with Aston? We've moved them up. True. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the team has improved the car. The expectation is different of Aston, though. You, you, don't, you don't expect Aston to be in the fight for the championship, Mercedes. I also yeah. didn't expect Aston to be at the bottom of the pile race one, though, either. True. They still improved as a team. But I think Mercedes... I, I, but the, here's the thing. I expect Mercedes to be in the... They look like rock stars all the time. Same as I expect Red Bull expect to be in it them. and Ferrari. Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull should be in the look like rock stars yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting them up be. there because they've not performed there. But like they've been on pretty much every single podium since the summer break. In, where... a lot of, in a lot of cases, both the drivers have been. And I mean, yeah, that is partly down to Ferrari falling away. But that car is a completely different car to what it was pre-summer. Completely different. Otherwise, it wouldn't yeah. be on the podium consistently. And yeah. It, and it, but it was, I'm it... sorry, but it would be very easy for a team like Mercedes to go, well, that were a crap car. Let's just finish third because we know we will and develop for next season. And they haven't. And if they but had if done at... that, not bad for a number two driver. But to put the effort in to bring home the podiums and the win for George... And and actually at least try and compete. That's the difference between actually being a top tier team and like basically knowing that we're not going to win this championship, but we're going to sure as hell make sure we put in a fight for second whilst developing for next year. That's the difference between a team like Mercedes that should be at the top. And I'm not saying that they've worthy been at the top, but I think that when you say that they're not bad at the mid-season break, they're definitely better than where they were at the mid-season break. And I think you've got to consider that. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I do, I consider that. But still, if you look at the podiums that they've got across the season, they've <clears> got <throat> fairly, you know, fairly consistently podium across a season. Like there's only one or two races, well, what, four races first half where there wasn't a Mercedes podium. And then second half, uh, I think there's, two races in the second half where there wasn't a Mercedes win. So yeah, doubtless they, uh, I admit they've improved. They, they've, they've understood the car and they've got better at, at using it. But as I said about whoever it was, I can't remember who we were talking about earlier, but I think... Um, Aston was one of them. Was it Aston? Like they started with a rubbish car and they've they've reached a limit of where they can take that and that that hangs over over them over the, over the remainder of a season so it, part of it for me a big part of it for me isn't just about the results it's about it's about the the performance it's about the performance at the start of the season as well it's not just about the second half of the season i think across the season you expect a lot more from mercedes i think that they just weren't anything like in the fight for wins and you expect wins from mercedes not podiums yeah, like I, d- I don't disagree with anything you've said, Tom. I just, it comes down to expectations. Like yeah. a, 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 that team be get, getting to the point 
they are is the minimum I would expect from them. And like even then, like yes, they improve the car, but like you got to somewhere like um, I don't know, like Singapore and Japan, and they were just suddenly like a second and a half off the pace again, and I couldn't even really explain why. Like they they won in Brazil and then got to Abu Dhabi, and they were like a distant third again. So it's not like they'd completely turn things around true um and this is it like i expected them that's that's the issue i expected them to to really sort of get back in the mix like i said second half of the seasons you know from sort of belgium on i was expecting them to be there or thereabouts i was hoping they'd be there or thereabouts and we'd have a bit of a fight for the second half and they just didn't show up to the fight (laughs) i've just seen an amazing piece of logic from sarah in the chat of does this mean we're going to put Ferrari really high because we just expected them to screw up from day one? Because <laughs> <laughs> reverse, reverse logic. Oh boy, we'll wow. get there. Wow. I mean, I can tell you straight away that there's not a single team that look like rock stars if we're taking that phrase at face value. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a it's a difficult one, but this this is, is po- this is possibly one of those where it's similar to the McLaren thing then that maybe because the car was that bad at the start of the season and where it is now, when you look back at the whole season on hindsight, we probably had them too high at mid, mid-season break. Possibly, yeah, I think yeah. it drags them think, down across the season. And again, that that sort of, that appeases me for leaving them where we are. If we sort of, if we kind of agree that maybe we were too generous to them last time, like with the McLaren, that sort of... Past us again. In, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, in in my head, that makes more sense because yeah, I, I, it's not necessarily the smooth operator versus not bad for number two driver. It's not like the tier I have a problem with. It's the fact that I think overall the season is better than it was now. It, I, it's better now than it was it, at the a, summer break. You see what I, I mean? There's I been would, improvement. I would say it's a better understood car now than it was yeah. at the start of the season i wouldn't necessarily say the changes have made they've made to it i've made it into a better race car overall yeah. i think i, I think, think to yeah. some degree you, you got to look at what hamilton's again. been through you got to look at what hamilton's been through though to to like the way that they were having to run his car they know a lot more about what they're doing with it and they've made improvements to it i think yeah they've I learned really think um next week this is going to be one of the biggest gaps we have between team rating and driver ratings put it that way 100 percent. yeah 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 i think we can and- so so you, you so you're happy to on the basis of we were wrong we were all wrong passes was to- wrong last time i think yeah because Discord there's a, mar- there's a marked improvement the- there and I think that is the problem, is that I'm seeing it as there's been an improvement, therefore they should move a tier, same as McLaren in my eyes. But then like the whole McLaren thing was, well, maybe we were too generous last time. And I think probably we were too generous to Mercedes last time because George, George was finishing in the top five constantly. That that <laughs> was And that was the problem there, I think. We were blinkered a little bit by George's consistency and George's results. And we maybe put them too high at mid-season. Discord seemed to have unanimously decided that yes, we were talking nonsense in the summer break. So there you go. <laughs> they would, they would we'll... say that though. They would say that, wouldn't they? <laughs> My, <All> people. Right. <laughs> My people. My we'll people rise. <laughs> we'll leave them where they are then. Thank you, Discordians. Um, <laughs> right. Ferrari, second place, up one position from previous season. Mid season, we had them not bad for a number two driver. I think. I think the mid-season break was kind of just as the wheels were starting to fall off, wasn't it? Which is probably why we had them where we did. 
Yes, I think I think the conclusion to Ferrari's sort of mm. narrative on um, on the mid-season show was that they had a lot of work to do in the second half of the season. If they yes, were stay in it because obviously they started the season very well. Um, they had what was ha- it? First three races was hang on two first, two seconds, and a third. Did we actually have them as not bad for a number two driver? We did, yeah. For some reason, the the official list says we've got them as like using hards in Hungary. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the original tier maker has that. Oh, okay, weird. The, you had them as not bad for a number two driver at mid season. Stu uh, had them as I am stupid. I oh, had them as like hards in Hungary, and oh, we must have gone with the middle. We one went then, with like hards in Hungary. Is what I've got on the little. Uh, okay. History of Tearmaker. I apologise, I have that one wrong. Because um, it started to fall away. Yeah, and so they were throwing themselves under yeah, the bus. Yeah, actually. There'd been a lot of huge strategic errors at that point in the season from from Ferrari. Um, I think Hards in Hungary, they just conti- they kind of got semi on top of the strategy thing, but just I think mainly because they weren't under the same pressure that they were at the start of the season. Yeah. So they weren't, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't in the fight again. So they weren't having to make these like fast calls and and these difficult take difficult decisions a lot of the decisions they had to make during a race weekend were easy because it was a foregone conclusion before they'd even got through sort of turn three um i would say like using hards in hungary is probably still fair for ferrari i think the expectation again the expectation that we had of that team at the start of the season as the de facto challengers to red bull or even at times like you know the the leaders of the championship that should have carried through for the whole season. And somehow, somewhere, in probably multiple places, the wheels have come off of that team. And and mm-hmm. just look how it's turned up. The thing we were, you know, the news report at the start of this show, Matteo Binotto leaving the team, that's where Ferrari end up. That's the conclusion of Ferrari's season. Their team boss yeah. has left. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know what? I can't even move them up to like using hards in Hungary. I think I have to stay with I'm stupid because how can a team be so bad that the boss wants to jump ship? Well, in in the thought process we've used with some of these, if the consensus for me and you, Stu, was that they were down there anyway, so then as a group we decided, okay, let's go with hards in Hungary because it's not as harsh as what Stu's saying and it's nowhere near as flattering as what Chris was saying. <laughs> We went with Hards in Hungary. If anything, they've gotten worse since we did those reviews. So they should be lower. So they they quite possibly should be in I Am Stupid. Well, they stopped developing. They run out of budget. Go on. I don't know if I can put a team that came second in both championships (laughs) at the bottom of the list. Chris. However bad a job they did with the results they had, second in both championships is still nothing to sniff at. I don't think I can put them right at the bottom but But i'm not going to argue any higher than hards in hungary how how much i mean this this obviously comes to next week's discussion as well but how much of that is down to your drivers is the interesting thing to work out because that car genuinely went from being the fastest car on the grid to being solidly second fastest and at times even third fastest there were places mm-hmm. where Mercedes looked faster than yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, Brazil. And Brazil that is way quicker. Mad. Ferrari but, didn't even feature in Brazil. 
But at the same time, I think there were times where the car was there underneath him and the drivers didn't do... I mean, well, I mean, the drivers crashed into walls and chucked in the gravel traps on way too many times. So I, I do think in terms of the points that were dropped, both sides are to blame at, the, at Ferrari. Fair. Yeah, and I think that's why like it's so easy to rate them so lowly because it is an, an across-the-board poor <laughs> performance with a, with, yeah. a, with a car that should have been... In that fight, I, I'm not saying the Ferrari was ever as good or better than the Red Bull, but it should have been in that fight for a lot, I think, lot longer than it was. I think a I lot think of it was. Di- I'd say it was at the start of the season. Maybe at the start of the season, it probably was. For a few races at the start of the season, it was better. And then once Red Bull shaved some of the weight off of their car, they had a fundamentally very, very, very aerodynamically efficient, very good car. So yeah. basically, as of race one, Ferrari looked like rock stars. For the remainder of the season, I am stupid. Therefore, <laughs> pretty much, we balance out the difference and say it looks like they're using hards in Hungary. I can go with that. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. The the one moment of look like rock stars. Well, actually, two moments because when they revealed it for the first time, they definitely looked yeah. like oh, rock I mean, stars. Still got the best looking car on the grid by yeah. some margin. Yeah, I think so. that one is is easily the nicest looking yeah. Formula Do you know what though? If they yeah. unveil their car next year and it looks like an absolute dog, be like, yeah, they're probably going to win the championship now. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've tried making a beautiful car and it did not go well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're very good at making beautiful cars, aren't they? The road cars are ridiculous yeah. looking yeah. things, but yeah. Um, it's, ah, yeah. Yeah. I, I expected so much more from them across the course of the season. It just makes me sad that they weren't in the mix. That's Same. That's my trouble. Yeah. Right, brings us to the final team. Probably the easiest one of the lot. Red Bull finished first, uh, up a place from the year before. We had them. Oh, actually, Tom's just. Did I have that? Oh, wrong, no, Tom? no, I, no, I apologize. They were that way. I was going to say, there's no I way apologize. we had them anything other than rock stars mid season. Yeah, yeah. And I mean. Yeah, we had them as rock stars mid season. And then there were a few interesting news stories about Red Bull, weren't there? Uh, but that's all to do with the year before's car. We can't we can't oh, chat into account no, for this no, year's no, car. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, we can. No. Um, don't don't bring twenty twenty one back from the dead. Well, if they spent what all that money more on their car last year, that some of that must have bled into this year's car. Because it's all to do. It's all. It's a development cycle, isn't it? So if your budget for a year. I'm 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 not I'm not joining you down this path, Stuart. Maybe I'm not. Okay, well, we won't go down this path. We'll go down this path. I think. Look, I think things happened at Red Bull PR. There were a few PR disasters for Red Bull. <laughs> there were some the bad optics. The seasons. There were some very yeah. very bad optics, and this is all about optics. <laughs> do, do you know what? Actually, no. I I do. As much as I was going to put them like rock stars for the performance, the way that we've conducted this of there's more <laughs> there's more elements to this of like. In terms of driver, you know, like driver negotiation um, and stuff like that. Do you know what? I'd actually happily move them down to smooth operators just because the way that they've presented themselves to the media and the way that they've behaved with the media this season is pathetic, childish, and petty. So I'm going to be petty and move them to smooth <laughs> operators on that basis. I, I think, and then you, they can not talk this... to us ever again. Like I care. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is kind of the point that I'm making. Like they, you know, the, the thing not talking to Sky Sports for 
an indefinite period of time yeah. and then just talking to him the next week. Um, some of the rhetoric coming from Verstappen, like people don't respect me enough. There's one way of stopping people from respecting you and that's by sh- saying in public that you're not getting enough respect from people. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll put it out there now, just like it's, it's a driver thing, but I do feel a little bit sorry for him in some regard because I think he has currently the same problem Vettel had that we talked about when we were reminiscing about Vettel. Vettel was extremely arrogant and very similar to that during his time at Red Bull. And I do genuinely think that there is some, there's something about the way that that team let them, whether it's the way they let them act or whether it's what they tell them to do. And that kind of, again, comes down to why I'd happily drop them into smooth operators because the car's been fantastic, but the way that they've behaved publicly as a team has been shoddy, um, especially towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the toxic. <clears throat> I think like you know, people. I mean, this is it is a good way of setting up a Twitter storm. I <laughs> think some of the, uh, toxicity has always existed in Formula One. If you go back to forums from you know the two thousands when people were all painting on Michael Schumacher and stuff. The hate was just as strong then in those forums as what it is on Twitter and was it is on the comment what it is in the comment sections of, of various websites these days. You know, the, the, the rhetoric is always there. The internet troll is always there. It's just that there seems to be a lot more of them now than they used it's to. More, be it's it's easier to do now though, isn't it? That's it's the definitely difference. Easier to do. And there's, it's far easier to do. I think like some of the drivers of that rhetoric can be pointed back towards the teams. I think like definitely, and it's, it's, it's the same with, I wouldn't say it's as bad with Mercedes, but I think like Mercedes are quite good at stirring the pot and giving them enough rope to hang themselves with. They certainly were last year. And then they always knew that Christine Horner was going to bite and start sort of, you know, spewing all the sort of things that he, he continuously mm-hmm. does. Like it, this week he was saying how, um, people have got prejudice against them because they're uh, in inverted commas a, a fizzy drinks company when we all know they're not a f- no people don't see red bull that way no no formula one fan is looking at red bull going oh they're just a fizzy drinks company aren't they like everyone's like no they're clearly a really really good formula one team with i don't see anyone of- saying oh has they're just a cnc tooling machine yeah, company. You know <laughs> I mean? exactly like it's just bizarre like it's such a weird like victim complex to have so look it's things like that that pe- make people not like red bull i think re- we've said before on this podcast that we're fans of red bull like i've, I've always liked red bull when danny rick was at red bull they, was, they were one of my favorite teams like Get ready for next really year, mate. Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not not quite the same, is it? But yeah, the, just the way the way they operate and the way they behave as world champions at the moment. I don't think it's quite becoming of a world championship side or team. I think like they, I agree. They they need to rise above some of this tip for tat and just get on with the job. Can I? Can I? Can I step in? Go on, hit me. I think everything you guys have just listed comes from two or three people at the top of that team who like to run yeah, their mouths. That's 100%. I don't think that is enough to undo what has been, I think, one of, what will go down as one of the all-time great team 
season-long performances in F1. Like what Red Bull have done this season is up there with like the dominant years from Ferrari and McLaren yeah. and Williams going back through the years. Personally, right. I can't put them anywhere other than the top. They have just been like, unbelievable like, in every department. You've convinced me. You've brought me back down to earth. <laughs> I think, well, that was easier. Much easier than I expected. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. I, I think there, there, there is an argument to say like they should behave better. but Oh, for sure. In terms of pure performance, you're right in terms of pure performance. I think we're lucky right. this season that them chief rivals were um, run by Mattia Bonotto, who doesn't really say boo to a goose. Like, if a lot mm. of other teams had been in Ferrari's position this oh, year, it probably would imagine, a much imagine, spicier year. Oh, imagine a Toto Wolf and Mercedes if they'd have been in the position Ferrari were in. It would have been unbearable. It would have been unbearable. And that's maybe have. almost why it's felt worse than Red Bull this year, because it's just been them yelling it's into just the them. void and not yeah. really Man anyone shouts at cloud. Give, yeah, not really anyone giving it back. Um, but yeah, yeah they, they're, they're, they've been unbelievably good. I'll put them back because I got to have my rant about how petty and childish <laughs> they are. So I'll prove that I'm better than them by putting them <laughs> yeah. back to we'll the top. The bigger people. <laughs> here, here we are. Here, here we go. Here's a way to do it. We could have there's two arms to Red Bull. There's the race team and there's the PR team. The race PR team t- look like rock stars. Yeah. The PR team. Oh, are stupid. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Helmet Marco and Christian Horner. Yeah, it's stupid. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not even the market. It's not even the. PR it's just them team. two. It's, it's yeah. the it's the people the PR team have to make PR for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do. do the, the, Im- just imagine if they didn't have a PR team and they let Christian and Helmet go twenty four seven. Oh my! You know, you know how the like top two or three highest earners in a team are exempt from the budget cap. I'm starting to wonder if Red Bull, the PR team, might be the highest earners because that's going to be one of the hardest <laughs> jobs in the sport. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, we'll leave them where they were. Yeah. Right. Boom. So there we go. So Our final ranking. rankings, just to run through. We've got Williams and Alfa Tauri. I am stupid. We've got Ferrari using Hards in Hungary. We've got as Tom resizes the screen repeatedly as I'm trying Sorry. to read it. Do you realize you're reading it from there? <laughs> um, as, uh, Aston Mine, Alfa Romeo, and McLaren out in Q2. Alfa Terry and, I'm um, sorry, Alpina McLaren, not bad for number two driver. And Red Bull look like rock stars. It was Alpina Mercedes, not bad for number two driver, not McLaren. Yes. Wow, I did a, re- I did a terrible job of that. One job Great and job, I, I... I'll let you use the excuse that I accidentally resized the window as you were reading them. Push I was button, trying to Tom. read a moving target. Push the button. I apologize. Push the button, Tom. Push the button. I am stupid. There that one. <laughs> um, is right, that, my, is that for me? Chris, is that no, for me resizing the window? It's for both of you. Thanks. <laughs> you're we- Thanks, you're wasting the internet. <laughs> right, I love we've got so. a couple more things to run through. Um, oh. You may remember oh. both pre-season and mid-season, we've done various prediction-y things over the year. So we're going to have a quick run through of what we predicted and just how wrong we were. Great. Um, let's let's start with we did mid season. We all predicted what the twenty twenty three grid would look like, and we now know what it's going to look like. So let's see. We'll quickly go through and see how badly we did. Yeah. Um, so right up top, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. We already no knew who the drivers are going to be. We got them all right, nice and easy. Uh, McLaren. All three of us kept Lando Norris. 
all three of us. Actually, no, Tom, you kept Ricardo around. Obviously not correct. Me and you, Stu, got rid of Ricardo. I replaced him with Gasly. And you replaced him with Colton Herter. So wrong across the board on the second seat there. (laughs) Aston Martin, unsurprisingly, all three of us kept Stroll because Stroll. Um, We... Let's see. I was the only one. Well, somehow we allowed Stu to get away with hedging his bets and naming two drivers for the second uh, Aston Martin. Were either of them right? That's the question. No, they were still both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then he you said Vettel or Ricardo. Uh, Tom, you also <laughs> kept Vettel around. I put Nick De Vries in Aston Martin. Um, he's on the grid at least, but not Aston Martin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alpha Terry, um, Stu, you were actually the only one who kept Gasly there. Um, alongside Vips, so no points for you at Alfatari. Tommy and you kept Sonoda. You also went for Vips. I went for Liam Lawson. Ooh. So miserably wrong at Alfatari for us <laughs> there. Uh, Alpine, we all kept exactly the same driver lineup. So obviously all right on Ocon, all wrong on Alonso. Uh, Alfa Romeo, we all kept Bottas. Uh, Stu, me and you both kept Joe there. Tom, you put Gasly in Alpha. Yeah, I knew I knew there was a Gasly move coming. I just couldn't decide yeah. where. The same no, as you, you put him in McLaren, didn't you? Yeah, we all, we all we, moved we, we, we both had the right idea, the right but just not the right place. Um, at Haas, we all kept Magnussen. Um, I also kept Schumacher. Um, you two replaced Schumacher. Tom with Schwartzman and Stu with... Fittipaldi, one of the Fittipaldis. I'm not sure which one, but either way, it's wrong. Um, and then <laughs> that was Williams. A, that was a nice hedge of your bets. I'm, I'm not going to name which Fittipaldi, just one of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I blame whoever took the notes, Chris. So I can't believe, but, I, but I can't remember which Fittipaldi said immediately, so never mind. Um, and then also, unsurprisingly, at Williams, we all kept Albon and all replaced Latifi. Stu, you replaced him with De Vries. Me and you, Tom, replaced him with Piastri. So wrong across the board there as well. So if we add up the ones we got right, um, actually all, we all did equally not very well. Any Um, right. (laughs) Stu and Tom, you got 13 of the 20 drivers right each, and I got 14 of the 20 right. I mean, six of those were ones that were basically guaranteed, yeah. Yeah. So pretty poor. Pathetic. Well, yeah. I mean, that's basically an advert not to listen to this podcast anymore, isn't it? Hey, we got or, a lot of the right drivers, just not necessarily in the right order. Yeah, I mean, how? Oh, I bet you've not done the math on how many drivers are on the grid but in the wrong teams, have you? I haven't. No. Um, we'll do that another time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's we'll not do it live right? on air. I'd, I'd be interested to know the difference, though, because like, me and you, for example, have still got Gasly, but in the wrong place. I mean, Stu's got Gasly, but in the wrong place. Yeah, we've all um, got Gasly in the wrong place. Someone um, had DeFreeze and he's on the grid but not in the right team. You know what I mean? There's a few Couple like that. Couple's got so. Piastri at the wrong team. Yeah. We're yeah. What, yeah. Else? Right what, el- what else were we wrong about? You think that was bad? Mm. We all oh, predicted God. the top three drivers and the top three constructors. Oh. <laughs> Tom, your top three drivers were Leclerc, followed oh. by Norris, followed by Sainz. I mean, one of them was just pure hope and dream. Stu, your top three... For the championship. For the championship. I was just being silly. Stu, your top three were Sainz, followed by Hamilton, followed by Perez. Jeez. And my top three were Hamilton, then Sainz, then Verstappen. So (laughs) 
not one of us got any of the top three drivers when in the did, correct is place it, This must all. have been at the very and beginning of the season. This was pre-season. The internet, yeah. pre-season, the, yeah. yeah. The internet says that we love Verstappen. There you go. The internet and knows that we love Verstappen. Only one of us had him even in our top three. Um, if if you if you work out how far away from where they actually finished our top three were, I think Tom did best there of the three he picked. Okay, but... so just as a caveat though to this, the making those predictions at that, that I mean the whole point of doing this is yeah, half the fun. silliness. Is, is, is for, the, for the silliness and for the fun. Let's yeah, see like, how wrong we could be. It was. Um, also, it's a season where we've got a whole new situation, new sort of, you know, big shakeup of the order in theory at that time. So it was difficult to, to for anyone to really predict what what was going to happen this season. I don't think any I don't think any pundit would have predicted that Red Bull were going to have the season that they had. Because oh, it's not at all. Virtually unprecedented. They've had such a good season. Uh, we did marginally better in the constructors. Uh, Tom, you had Ferrari, then McLaren, then Mercedes. So you had Mercedes in the right spot, Ferrari only one away. Stu, you had Mercedes, then Red Bull, then McLaren. So again, Red Bull one off, Mercedes a couple off. I had Mercedes, then Ferrari, then Red Bull. So I had Ferrari in the right place and Mercedes the wrong way around. Yeah. So it was marginally better there, but then again, there's half as many to choose from. Um, And then most fun of all, the random off the top of our head predictions that we always make. Um, Oh yeah, we do three, don't we? We generally do like a not that out there one, something in the middle, and a really outlandish one. Okay. Um, oh, I can't wait for these. Who should we do okay. first? Or should we do the? Should we do the, like all the? Do, do them. Do them by category. I yeah. Mean... Do like the sen- Do the sensible ones first. Okay. Um. I mean, I'll do them in the order they're written down here. I would argue, Tom, yours are not necessarily in the most sensible. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'll I do think them... do it by do it person by okay, person. Okay, just do it by do person. person. Do it by person. All right, Tom. Your Tom, your first one was five constructors will win a race. Oh, we've got, we got, we got three. got three. three. Um, your second one was Mick Schumacher will score 10 or more points. And he scored um, 12. He did, yeah. Ah. I'll take that. Correct. Yeah. Good prediction. And then your most outlandish one was that Williams will win a race. <laughs> that one was Not quite. definitely for fun. Not quite. I've got um, a feeling that most of mine would have been fairly outlandish, but go on. Um, Stu, your first one was there will be less than five points between the top two in the championship. <laughs> you, you, you just missed that one because it was actually 146 points. <laughs> 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 um, your second one which is I think my favourite prediction of all and I'm really sad you got it wrong is that there will be a Malaysian Grand Prix and there was a time where that looked like it may <laughs> well could have been yeah, it yeah. Been. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also had five drivers from five different teams will win the first five races yeah. um, wishful thinking we it, got was only, it was only two drivers two, it, it, happened, it, it, yeah, it, it was two. just for Stafford and Leclerc yeah <laughs> Um, and then mine, at least three drivers will be in contention for the title at the last race. Uh-uh. Nope. There, there was one driver in contention at <laughs> the last race. Um, I said there'll be four new winners, and we only had two. Signs yeah. of battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said the final standings will include at least 22 drivers. And they actually did include just 22 drivers, because we had uh, DeVries and Hulkenberg. Yeah. So basically, the only yeah. things we got right were 22 drivers in the standings and Mick Schumacher will get more than 10 points. We did, yes. Pretty they much. were sensible predictions, to be fair. 
yeah, in they the were probably scheme the of things, of they the were bunch. quite sensible yeah. prediction. I feel like the the Malaysia one was like one of the more close predictions. At the time, it seemed <laughs> that, that one was a sensible likely, one yeah. at the time. As yeah. as crazy as it sounds now, at the time it was sensible because I feel like there was a race early in the season that we thought wasn't going to happen. It was Russia. Oh yeah, yes, it was down. Course, it was yeah, marked as the was. Russia replacement, wasn't it? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was marked as the Russia replacement. Well, we now know that um, the Chinese Grand Prix next year is not going to go ahead, so maybe space for Malaysia to drop in against you. <laughs> Try again next year. year. Stand by my prediction. <laughs> it's going to happen. You're just a year, year ahead, ahead of time. That's all it was. Yeah. Uh, right, and I think that's all the bits and bobs we've got for you this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to do our driver reviews. Um, you can see from the length of this podcast why we did the sensible thing and split it into two. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting um, this to go this long. <laughs> no, we had we had some opinions. Um, but yes, we will do our drive reviews on the same tier list next week. So please do make sure you join us then. And then we've got lots of other stuff planned over the winter break. So we'll still have plenty of podcasts coming your way. We're not going to disappear. Uh, I know a few people have got in touch to ask... Um, if we still be making stuff to uh, keep them entertained and we definitely will thank you as always everyone for listening thank you to our discord folk for joining us live if you want to find out about that you can go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid and see how you can get involved with that uh we're on twitter and facebook and all of those things if you want to get in touch but yeah that's it for this week so until next time goodbye bye bye everyone Stupid.